Hello, listener, and welcome to Into the Characterverse podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to providing deep dives, impressions, and reviews specific characters out of your favorite comic books. My name is Mike, and I'm joined by... Charlie. And... Audrey. And very special guest this week, we have... Bobby. Woo! My Yay! brother's back! Always shout it out to Bobby. So, here since he Bobby's is. here, you, and since the title of the episode is probably obvious, we're doing another X-Men movie. Um, I love the X-Men. <laughs> Yay! So, we are doing X3, also known as X-Men Last Stand, which is very exciting. I, I hadn't watched this movie in, I don't know, eight or nine years since the last really? time I'd seen it. It had been a long time. I watched it... You know what? Actually, I, no. Just before Apocalypse was the last time I watched it. Okay. I would say I like going these weird spurts where I'll just watch these movies in the background of me doing something like, you know, playing Madden or some yeah. other mindless task, and then I'll put them on in the background. So I've watched it recently, and I don't know. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, you know. Yeah. This is the X-Men movie that I've seen the most... Um, and I think it's because my dad likes the CGI, and it was the one that was playing on TV the most, and also Mystique. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting yeah. <laughs> when movie see gravitates towards. Yeah, I'm actually... I'm actually kind of surprised I like this one way better than I remember liking it. And you know, it was probably because I didn't go into it thinking that this was going to be the Dark Phoenix Saga or the Gifted, which are the two that this is supposedly based off of. I just went into it different, and it was way better than I was remembering it would be. You know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of went into it. We had talked about it on it on our, our group message as well. And, you know, I didn't hate it as much as i remember hating it <laughs> no actually i thought most of the movie was good until the last fight scene like the the, the last third of the movie passable the, <laughs> the first two thirds pretty good pretty good yeah. didn't hate it solid yeah and um i'm so glad that you told us to watch the after credit scene i had no idea there was an after credit scene she had never seen it before and i've seen this movie maybe i would say about 20 times oh wow okay yeah yeah i completely forgot that there was an after credit scene because i was trying to make it work in my head where charles is in days of future past like timeline wise and even that doesn't quite make it work you're gonna explode your brain okay so i actually i actually read about this uh, today (laughs) so this was actually charles's like uh mctaggart had charles's twin brother p xavier was the person that was on the bed bro this already hurts my brain oh that that's who you meant who tried okay so Wait, no no juggernaut is also xavier's brother r- what yeah <laughs> stepbrother oh, man stepbrother oh well, but brother still confusing but no but no, Char- you, you Char- told me that uh juggernaut was his brother and i was like oh weird and then just now i was like oh did i hear that completely wrong no this is a different brother this is p xavier instead of c xavier um who yes it, it apparently canon wise it works it's very dumb but that's why McTaggart had it is because friends with Xavier, so was holding on to the comatose body of Charles's brother. Sure, that checks out. Yeah, and yeah. that's yeah, that checks out. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like half onslaught as well, kind of like they're just kind of tossing people's consciousnesses around and stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, it's so weird, because, like, this movie just works so much better if you don't have any knowledge of comic books whatsoever. Which is why you I only... think I really liked it <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> but at the same time, like, if you go into it that way, and all you know is Professor Xavier from the first two movies, the way that he talks to Wolverine after yes. they get mm-hmm. Gene makes absolutely no sense. But if you know him from the comics it makes 100% sense. So yeah. it's like trying to have it both ways at the same time where it's like, no, 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 this isn't Dark Phoenix. This isn't that. Oh, but yeah, you definitely need to know this other stuff, but don't know the other stuff, but know this exact thing that you want. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, like I started seeing like original X-Men Charles Xavier where he's just kind of a dickhead and like willing to like just kind of wipe yeah. people's minds and stuff like that and the way he talks to wolverine and stuff like that very reminiscent of early x-men like Mm -hmm. golden age silver age xavier so yeah yeah (laughs) but it's like oh but if you have actually read those storylines you're like oh no like (laughs) these this is not this is this is reversing (laughs) progress yeah Yeah. professor Um, xavier is a jerk yeah and and that's the thing in the comics he really is yeah he's not a nice dude she's basically like a nuke though so i don't know for me i was just kind of like yeah sure you gotta disarm a bomb when it's gonna kill a million people or more so i don't know i was i was i felt weird that he was so uh like when he was talking to logan and being like logan how could you do this you woke her up on purpose and i was like now that doesn't really make sense i mean he was being really creepy and like standing over her watching and then like she wakes when he touches her but he like brushes he just like brushes her shoulder though if she's like in a coma i don't know that's how i'm gonna wake you up tomorrow morning is i'm just gonna stay i will not wake up i will i won't wake up just standing over your body just brushly you've talked to me shaken me and then go in for like a good morning kiss, and then I wake up. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, that's true. So, so should we get into it? And then I don't remember. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and just start this recap, and we can kind of yell about it as we go. Sorry. Um, so I, I used a couple different sources. Um, me, of course, I did some of the recap here. I also used Movie House Memories recap, and then the the Marvel Fandom recaps as well oh, with, no. uh, with a we, bunch with a bunch we, of different stuff what's up are we citing our sources now <laughs> only because i literally copy and pasted like a huge ah, chunk of it so i, I want to make sure that i at least cited yeah. them a little bit i did sure. edit it myself no that's fine but since i'm doing that i want to throw out my source on that Hell one yeah. responsible yeah journalism yeah <laughs> big j ha- <laughs> so <laughs> so we have uh it, it begins, uh, it's supposed to be 20 years in the past, um, with uh, young Charles Xavier, young uh, Magneto, pra- played by Patrick Stewart and Ian, Ian McKellen, <laughs> can't speak today, um, which is bad for a podcast. Mm-hmm. They meet a child by the name of Jean Grey, played by Haley Ram, uh, who is the child that's the only time she shows up in this movie. I don't know why she <laughs> she's, she cited. <laughs> Moira McTaggart is not credited in this movie what yeah yes. i noticed that but this that was kind of crazy yes that's good what the hell yeah so i i have i have her name later on but i just found that wild that this child is credited <laughs> moira yeah. mctaggart is not anyways that's super weird anyway uh, they talked to jean gray at her parents house uh xavier and magneto uh want to recruit 
Jean Grey to the school for gifted students, uh, namely mutants. Is there anyone that's not a mutant that goes to Charles's school? The way that they worded that, I was just like, wait. <laughs> right? We want to be inclusive. No, it's right? supposed to be for the public face, school yeah. for yeah. gifted students, so that... Is it... Do they say gifted youngsters? Yeah. They d- yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. On the sign, uh, I think it just says that there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, both men are impressed with her powers. Uh, Magneto even makes the, the, like, the comment like, oh, I like this one, like, yeah, which gets, is a little weird, but... Yeah, it gets kind of creepy. I do have to say that the special effects that they did for de-aging them was pretty good. It wasn't great for like today's standards, but it was amazing for 2006 standards. And I actually, yeah, I made that comment to Audrey as well is like actually de-aging on this. Not bad. I remember that I disliked it the first time I saw it, but when I saw it this time, maybe it's because the uncanny Valley's not quite there for this, that it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel super unnatural. Like you still see the feathering and stuff like that around like Patrick Stewart's head. Mm -hmm. So like you can tell it's de-aged, but it doesn't feel super unrealistic for some reason. No, it looks good. It was honestly impressive. I I wonder if it's a combination of practical and special effects. Usually that's where you see the best results, in my opinion. Although them meeting Jean Grey 20 years in the past kind of throws out a lot of stuff that happened in the first two movies where Jean literally doesn't act as if she knows Magneto whatsoever in any of the interactions that they have. But you could explain it away with all the mental blocks, you know? I don't know. Um, Yeah, I guess. Or that they split shortly afterwards. But yeah. Yeah, she's met him once but doesn't remember him, you know, I guess. Like a consequential meeting. I don't remember a lot of people from my childhood. (laughs) I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Um, But. They find her powers impressive, so they convince her to come to the X Mansion, and by that, they're just like, hey, come to the X Mansion. Um, so, ten years later, uh, we jump forward to uh, Warren Worthington III, played by Kyde Boyd, uh, the child again, credited. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know why the child is once again credited. <laughs> um, who is a young mutant uh, with wings, uh, who is resorted to uh, self-mutilation to try to remove the the wings. Uh, the I gotta, I gotta go off a. This was so heartbreaking. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, that was kind of a traumatic whole, scene. And I remember, like, I don't know, it was really effective or like affecting when I was young and watching that. And like, I felt like I, I felt the same impact that I felt the first time I watched it. And I think it's because this time I'm an, I'm an adult. And then when I was a kid and watching it, I was like. I don't know. I was just a kid and it was kind of like horror and it was like shocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh my God. <laughs> I was actually really taken back by watching it this last time. Just being like, this is like a subtle way of putting trans representation on screen because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to be in this body. This isn't the body that I was born in and it's not acceptable to be who you are by mm-hmm. the parent or the authority figure and just the fact that like they were trying to hide it and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, this is really, really kind of crazy that they were doing that mm-hmm. in 2006 to yeah. make it well, look like this. And I think the main, I don't know, I would say one of the main things that I thought of the most watching this scene was, um, I, I don't remember if it was like an epidemic or if it just gained popularity, but, um, when like self mutilation in general um, became more talked about, 
Mm. And like yeah. more of um I don't know, we had a big problem with that in in my schools. Um yeah, I remember people talking about, like, so cutting and stuff like that it, around this time. Yeah, and it reminded me of that a lot. Which, I mean, I would have we, been yeah. 16 when this movie came out. So, yeah, like, that's that's prime high school for when this came out. Like, there's a lot of that sort of stuff. Not necessarily to that extent, but body dysphoria and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly a pretty good allegory for oh, all of that stuff, which... Like, was surprising it, it, it was actually a lot more impactful than i remember it being ugh, it's so upsetting and like just the disapproval in the father's face and everything Fuck when he man. sees everything yeah it's it's heart-wrenching um uh i also remember watching it and thinking well it's gonna be cool to see angel in this movie yeah <laughs> i mean beyond yeah. all that yeah yeah well that was the thing is like so I, I also looked into it. Apparently in the extended scene, uh, like scenes, uh, Angel actually joins the X-Men that doesn't just show up at the mansion, but actually joins sure. the X-Men and actually goes to the island at the end with them. Because oh. at the end of the movie, he just kind of shows up. Yeah, like, he does. Yeah. Out of nowhere. But in the movie, it actually explains why he's there, oh, that's, like in the, the deleted cool. scenes. So I, I don't exactly remember what it was. I think he was like scouting like the area, just making sure like nothing was, uh, you know, coming from the sure. sides. But. In the movie, he's like kind of just peeking his head around the corner, hearing them. So I just kind of figured that's why he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, because he's like, oh, you're going to my dad's place? <laughs> yeah. So shit's going down at my dad's house. But uh, the father, uh, Warren Worthington II, played by Michael Murphy, um, it just gives the most heart wrenching, like, not you, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Uh, so the very next scene we have is a very Days of Future Past-esque uh, scene. It's in the danger room, uh, but they're fighting a sentinel. Uh, it's it's very reminiscent of kind of what we see in later movies, which we'll eventually get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have uh, Rogue, Kitty, Peter, Wolverine, Storm, and... Colossus. Like... Colossus, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and Bobby. Oh, I, I, I don't. I said Abby. Peter and uh, not Colossus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. But uh, yeah, and this is where we get the sparks of the weird love triangle that happens throughout this entire movie, kind of unnecessarily, yeah. um, uh, between uh, Bobby, Kitty, and Rogue. Do you think he is he just a dumb? Is he just a himbo? Like, I think I think it's to help push the Rogue. Yeah. Uh, the Rogue storyline with yeah with the cure situation. Yeah. I think it just helps to to push that and really really kick it home well that was one thing i always bugged me in the movies was rogue does not have the powers that we know rogue of in like early comics and stuff like that because she hasn't taken carol danvers power she doesn't have the super strength she doesn't have the flight she doesn't you know have that stuff so she's just kind of a person that's kind of just dangerous and or around (laughs) but i would get that i mean to a certain extent yeah i think her desire to not have that power is legitimate in yeah. this movie yeah and that, you mean that, forced self-isolation right. yeah yeah <laughs> like, sure. bad. yeah i mean she's also a teenager so or supposed to be a teenager so it's yeah. like the double-edged sort of like every emotion you can possibly have in it all at once and the mm-hmm. fact that you can't touch anybody yeah oh i thought you were gonna go for teenager you only have one thing on your mind <laughs> i mean she does have that <laughs> yeah. on her mind for sure I mean, that is the, the one that thing that she has up. on her mind. Yeah. 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 And she's just well, assuming that he does. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Is that I mean, he like, does, he, but. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a, like they even said that line at one point where it's just like, oh, like I I can't touch you, and he's yeah. like, I've never like tried to put pressure that pressure you. on you. Yeah. And she's like, it doesn't matter. And then like You're that guy, seems Bobby. to be like the entire <laughs> like the entire conflict of that like yeah. subplot yeah. is right there. D- to be fair, Bobby does emotionally cheat on Rogue this entire movie. But <laughs> oh yeah, it's rough. We'll, we'll say we'll say Iceman. I'm gonna stop saying Bobby. It feels yeah. weird. <laughs> Bobby yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I wasn't cheating the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we uh, then get uh, angsty Scott. Uh, just being angsty Scott. Yeah, that's how we know it, Cyclops. Oh my god! So I really want to know. I look tried looking this up last night. What is the time frame of the amount of time that's passed between the end of X two and this movie? Because some timelines were putting that it was the full three years that happened between the two of them, and I'm just like trying to figure it out because the way that he's acting, it's like it happened last week. Yeah, but like it's fresh. You know what? Grief is unique <laughs> for everybody. I don't know. But I, he is... Um, it, it seems like he was just pissed off at Logan at first, and then he heard Gene, and then he started like going a little crazier. Yeah, see, that would explain it better. Like, yeah. Gene starting to reach out telepathically to him and kind of, like, giving him the nightmares and stuff like that would obviously, like, reopen those wounds. So, like, that makes a little bit more sense, I guess. Yeah, that's but logical. It, like, it honestly felt like... Movie. It honestly I felt like a month. It. <laughs> it felt Fair. like a month to me. Fair enough. Like, had passed. Like, he's still broken up about it. Wolverine's had enough time to leave and come back once. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mystique is still impersonating someone in the government because that's where she was at the end of X2 was on the helicopter. I he's he says like we've got to move on in a way that's like it's been a while. But right, like Yeah. But you know, I would give it at least a year yeah. and then break out the like just move on, you know. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Wolverine is probably the last person to say, "Oh, we should move on" because I mean, he really didn't have anything to move on from. Yeah. Right. Because he wasn't involved the way that Scott was, so yeah. Right? Like Wolverine like like in movie timeline has only known Jean Grey for like three months like right, <laughs> before exactly. she died it's love at first sight yeah <sighs> like I get it but also <laughs> no I guess when you've been alive that long you just like oh I know that I like that one I don't know yeah I don't know She's, yeah but <laughs> I mean she is a redhead and yeah exactly well. right uh so so, so so Scott leaves and goes to to Alkali late Mind you, I hate that it's called Alkali Lake. Like, why? Why is it called? Anyways, it's it's stupid. Um, <laughs> so uh, we we get a scene with Beast um, entering. Uh, like he he's hanging out upside down. He's in the government. So I do know that Beast being included in this movie was actually a big push by the director. Um, it was a great push. It it's, was. I'll, it's Frasier. Yeah, I, I love. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey I love, Grammer. I love Frasier. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer. Yes, he's so good. He just perfectly embodies the 90s animated cartoon version of the Beast. Like, mm-hmm. it is so spot on. And, like, so him fighting later on. So good. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. The like phys- ball move. Yeah, the, the physics, little wonky, looks great, though. <laughs> it looks fantastic. We're all about the there's, looks. A, there's a point where he spins himself like a frisbee almost, yeah. or like yeah. a boomerang. Yeah, he throws himself off that pole. <laughs> yep. And I was like, wow, I love that. <laughs> well, you're going to get the. Go on the physics of that, but not the sentinel head that flew backwards the opposite way of Wolverine <laughs> jumping at it and then 
Logan coming out from inside the head. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> that that's danger. Room. That, that's a danger room. That's well. danger room. <laughs> that that that's that, that anything goes. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, we we get Beast introduced here, which again we we love Beast here. Uh, he goes down into a meeting with a bunch of ranking officials, including the president. Uh, he seems to be uh, he's the Secretary of Mutant Affairs, I believe, is his title. Yeah. Um. But they've captured Mystique. Uh, Mystique was impersonating Trask, and Beast's like I. You only got three dudes in there. Like, what you doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing because, like, the president explains that she was impersonating Trask and Beast responds, yes, sir, she can do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, really? Like, you had to actually say that? Oh, yeah. So like, funny. Well, you never know. There might be, like, a kid. I don't know. In the audience, maybe they didn't see the other. Yeah. Maybe they didn't see the first movie <laughs> ever until, like, recently. <laughs> I mean that's fair. I I guess it is three years between the first uh, this movie two know. and movie three. Yeah, so. Just reminding people. Yeah. Right. I don't know. yeah. But uh, this is also where Beast gets the uh, file on um, the Leech. Child. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, How dare you, Jimmy? His, his name, name is, is J- yes. His name is Jimmy. James uh, Buchanan Barnes. No. no. <laughs> Wrong movie. Um, oh my God! <laughs> X Men confirmed for Marvel. Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, but uh, they they have a cure for the mutant virus. By mutant virus, it's it's just a genetic mutation. So you know, it's the antibody explanation doesn't really hold out here. But sure. But yeah, uh, we're also talking about the X Men where you can grow wings. So I mean, I that's true. Just I mean, that's true. You do have like energy blast out of your Yeah, we can just step off that clip. <laughs> it's kind of funny because X Men. I feel like a lot of times. Uh, X-Men will try and straddle the line between like, oh no, this is the logical reason why this man can become, like, can do magic. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's because of genes and science. Here you go. So, I don't know. It, it's one of those fun comic things that it's like, you, you can be yeah. pandent. Oh, yeah. Pandent- pan- well, didn't they just, if they annoying? wanted some cool powers for a character and they didn't want to write a backstory, they would just... Be- they're an alien dump them into x-men yeah 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 their thing they're a mutant so there we go yeah that's it that's all you need to know (laughs) yeah but uh uh worthington lab announced that it has developed an inoculation to suppress the x gene in mutants which effectively effectively removes their powers um uh, worthington announces that they will provide the cure to any mutant that wants it and scientists scientists have developed the cure by using uh, the genome of a young mutant named Jimmy, played by Cameron Bright, whose mutant ability allows him to negate the powers of any nearby mutants other than himself. Um, that's always the issue I have with that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, he's yeah. a mutant that suppresses mutant powers, but his mutant powers suppress mutant powers, so is he's not being suppressed? He's like Double a black negative. hole. I black mean, holes can't... Well, black holes can collapse in on themselves. Yeah, say they destroy themselves eventually. Yeah, yeah but you know, he'll do that eventually. Yeah, like like every person. Like the eye of the tornado? Sure. Yeah. See. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, exactly. Or hurricane or um, whatever it let's... is. Because the middle of a tornado is actually worse. Sorry. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the eye of the hurricane's where it's calmer. Yeah. 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 Uh let's talk about this PR move of where they <laughs> set up the lab. <laughs> On Alcatraz. <laughs> like, that's just bad optics. You yeah. can't you just can't. Yeah, it's uh it, it's not a good look. You absolutely mm-hmm. cannot. The place where you want to rid people of their agency and you picked Alcatraz <laughs> Island and you're like, no, 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 this is good. It's cool. It's <laughs> no, cool, no, cool. no, guys, really, it's, it's fine. Once the most infamous person, 
now the source of salvation. I was just like, <laughs> girl, nah. <laughs> so just before they announce on the island, uh, Beast goes to the school and yep. he's like, oh, hey, I want to let you know. And then it like happens within like 15 seconds of him being there. But I wanted to just make a comment on the interaction between Storm and Beast because it absolutely drives me nuts at that moment. Yes. Every time. Storm, <laughs> I love what you've done with your hair. Beast, thanks. You too. Then she fucking touches her hair as if he's the first person to notice that she got a haircut and she's been waiting <laughs> a week for someone to notice. Oh, okay. And like, no, no. Aurora is a fucking goddess. She should not be like feigning over just a thanks, you too. Like, yeah, yeah. Also, the person who's been literally worshipped, literally, like, gave up being worshipped as a goddess to join that. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, um, her wig is fucking crazy. (laughs) Yes. It was crazy in the last movie. It was pretty crazy in the first movie, but it was passable. I, oh my god! Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Cannot. How? Like they did Halle Berry. So so. Wait. Is, it's Halle Berry. That, okay. Yeah. They did her dirty. So, uh, just the the dialogue in this section is just kind of clunky in general. Oh, it's bad. Uh, spe- specifically Storm's dialogue, because like once they announce it, nobody um, should be ashamed. No one should be ashamed. Like, what coward would want to take this? It's like, girl, <laughs> you are supposed to be the leader Yuck. of like this team now that Scott's gone, and you can't understand why like literally any of the people that are like just furry or blue or like deformed in some way, like or you know, I remember there being anybody. multiple times, uh, like in the future versions of the comics and stuff, where they're talking about. Uh, them finding the X gene and like trying to kill and round up mutants and stuff. And they're like, I'm just physically deformed. I don't have superpowers. Like there are people who have the X gene who don't have special powers. So it's like Mm -hmm. those people. Yeah. I could totally understand rogue. Totally understand them wanting something like this, at least to alleviate the suffering that they're going through. And so just that. And like later on, there was another part where she just, totally acted out of the character of what aurora would do in any other situation because like she may not agree with you but she's not going to straight up be like no you're wrong yeah <laughs> like in any of these situations like this at least i'm so a little tidbit that i learned researching this movie today um so apparently halle berry told them that she would not come back for this movie unless they gave her a larger role kind of like what they like how she does in the comics where she takes over the team so that's where that like why that storyline was kind of weaved in here interesting um also uh the person playing um cyclops was also moving movies to play uh being the superman movie with uh brian singer the previous uh mm-hmm. director who left this one to go film superman <laughs> so both Cyclops and the director were leaving to go film a different franchise at the time. Huh. So that's probably part of the reason why Cyclops gets uh, murderlated immediately. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I'm fine with. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm fine with it. It's it was, cool. It was honestly one of the better plot points. Yeah. No, that was totally yeah, was the screen time? I mean, it had uh, to be uh, less than 104 minutes, minutes yeah. total, yeah. 104 so, minutes. So it's under two. No, 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 no. Or, like, oh, his, oh, screen, his time? screen time? His screen time. <laughs> oh, God. Um, maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, maybe, yeah, two, three, tops five. Yeah. A day of filming. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's like two minutes of screen time 
if you count pausing to see what the color of his eyes are. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> that it counts. I paused it just to see, but then yeah. Do yeah. you count his glasses floating? Is that screen time? <laughs> yeah, I like that they just never find him either. <laughs> oh my god! Well, he's uh, dust. Do the glasses get credited? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> glasses uh, played by Oakley's. <laughs> all right, so back to where we were. Uh, so the, the cure is seen as a miracle by many people uh, afraid of mutants. Um, and then uh, some mutants want to live a normal life, i.e. Rogue, played by Anna Paquin. Uh, however, many mutants in the community see this as a an attack on them, as a threat. There's, throughout the entire movie, whenever we're in public, there's always people... Uh, protesting the yeah. the thing yeah. the uh, vaccine, I guess. <laughs> protesting the cure. The cure, yeah. I guess it's not a vaccine. Um, and some mutants even believe that it will be forcefully given to them uh, against their will. Here, here's the thing. Absolutely, it would. Yes. Uh, especially incarcerated mutants, and um, you know, just like that that shit happens today. A yeah. lot of incar- incarcerated women of color are um um sterilized against their will yeah and that's like harder to do yeah, than, than a shot just a shot yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i've got a point about that later in the truck scene yeah that it's there just for plot because had they catch captured mag uh, mystique they would have given it to her like instantly based on how they should have dangerous she was yeah. yeah. Well, and Juggernaut too. Like in the movie, Juggernaut is not doesn't have the special crystal. He's just a mutant. Yeah. So like oh. they would have given that to Juggernaut immediately. Like literally, someone yeah. that you cannot allow to move at all because he cannot be stopped. Right. Yeah. It's like why are you spending all this money containing these super powerful, dangerous people when you have the answer right there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I I wouldn't be advocating for it, you know, but. It but, makes more sense. Yeah, the government-wise, like, the, a thousand yeah. percent it would have been done immediately. Exactly. To mm-hmm. any of the more dangerous mutants that they have in custody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately. So, Magneto walks in uh, to the Omega Club um, and stokes the fear, the f- fires of fear in those mutants that were already questioning what was going on and forms the Brotherhood of Mutants in order to oppose the cure. He recruits Callisto, played by Deanna Ramirez, and several other mutants uh, to assist uh, Pyro, uh, played by Aaron Stanford. And sorry, go ahead. Pyro's wig in this one is also fucking crazy. Yes, it's bad, and I hate it. Yeah, you can see the stitching up front. You can see his lace front. <laughs> it's real bad, uh, and it's like swooped back. Like, oh God. Ugh. It kind of reminds me what I would expect Quicksilver's hair to be. Here, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why does he have this hair? Why? It, like, if you're gonna put him in a wig, put him in something that's like fun. I don't know. And it was a bad color anyway. It's yeah. the, it does not matter at all. <laughs> all of the people in this um, Omega. What is it called? The Omega Club. I don't remember what it was called off the top of my head. Oh, um, uh, I don't think they really say movie. it. I yeah, don't think they do. it, I don't it's think just they, an assembly. Yeah, they don't name it in the movie, but all of the recaps had it specifically because there was a bunch of people. Um, so I, I wanted a couple of notable mentions: is we have Callisto in there, whose powers are completely different than what they are in the comics, but nicely fill in. Some I didn't actually holes. know that was Callisto. I didn't know that was Callisto until you just told me now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the the super speed and can tell what pe- mutants' powers and power level are is supposed to be Callisto, um, and. 
they kind of try to do the feud between Storm and Callisto that's from the 90s X-Men TV show, because Storm and Callisto have a, a feud over the Morlocks. In well, the in the comic books, in the comic books, uh, Fall of Mutants, I believe it was called, in the eighties, uh, Storm and Callisto actually fight when Storm no longer has her powers because she got depowered and became the leader of the X Men. She actually fought Callisto for the right to get Kitty Pride back because there was a mutant who had stolen her and wanted to marry her, even though she was fourteen. Um, had stolen her wanted to marry her and so then according to the laws of the morlocks if you can beat the leader you can be the leader so for like a decade storm was actually the leader of the morlocks but let callisto run it which i just thought was kind of crazy like she did it without any of her powers and stuff like that but i was just like had no idea that that was who that was supposed to be in this movie whatsoever Yeah. yeah it's supposed to be callisto which sure i guess um whatever it completely changed her power set which she she never had like crazy powers to start with she just essentially had super senses previously oh, yeah, and it was... like was slightly physically enhanced right okay. but they fixed all the plot holes with that one yeah that's yeah. true i mean it was um, it was it was a good you know way to just write that um, in a way yeah she's the nice tidy bow on the plot yep. uh so two other people i wanted to point out um psylocke is in this as well Psylocke is the purple-haired lady that's in the background of the first part of it, and then is also the one that pushes um, Warren Worthington II off of the top, and also turns invisible at one point, mm-hmm. um, which I believe is reference to when Psylocke was part of the Crimson... Uh, oh, shit, what is it called? Um, early Psylocke. I, I forget. She was part of like an assassin's something. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Am I, I reading that right? Chris Claremont? Uh, Chris Claremont is in this movie, yes. Chris Claremont and Stanley had a cameo, so yes. that's pretty fun. Yep. They're actually right next to each other in yeah. that yeah. scene with Jean at the beginning. Yeah. Super. Yeah, but we also, uh, Little Fat and Fat are both credited in the movie. Uh, fat is the very large mutant that it walks in and then shrinks down to sit down on the pew. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those actors are credited. Um, Moyer McTaggart still isn't. Uh <laughs> Wow. Wow. Um, we got Arc Light the in thing, there. They spent so much money on that effect to transform them into the other yeah. man. So they had to credit him. Right. We got Quill. We got Glove. We got Spike. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking wild to me. I, I, I don't understand why they credited who they credited, but sure. Why uh, not? Um, <laughs> that, that whole scene was wild to me. It was fun to see all the mutants, like, I don't know, kind of like normal society mutants and how they kind of have their own society and their own markings and ways to signal to each other yeah i don't know i I liked that i always want more of that kind of thing like what do the non-yuppie mutants do (laughs) because that's how i view xavier well that's like that's kind of what the morlocks are well and yeah they just like remove themselves from society and then society does different stuff i don't know yeah yeah so I, I found that interesting and wild to me that those are the mutants that they decided to bring in in this scenario. But sure, why not? Um, <laughs> the more the merrier. I, I like those little shout outs. I, always, I enjoyed those, especially when I watched it the first time. I, yeah. I really enjoyed those 
you know, you had to kind of be paying attention moments to see all these different kind of mutants that they threw in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so when toad, I, there was a toad like guy. Yeah. yeah. There was, <laughs> Even though he died, right? Yeah, he Didn't dies. He die? No, okay. he gets. Uh, well, it's he, at the uh, end. He gets. Yeah. He gets shot with the cure gun. Oh, he falls yeah, okay. off the scaffolding or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I, when I first saw Fat, I could have sworn that was going to be the Blob. Oh yeah, and I was like, because if you're if you're forming the Brotherhood, that the Blob is in the cartoons and part oh, of yeah. the Brotherhood, so that would have made sense, right? He's there. one of the founding, I mean, yeah. one of the critical members. Yeah, in the cartoons, so mm. whatever. Um, <laughs> it's it's whatever. I'm I'm not salty about it. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, with the the team now, the Brotherhood now assembled. Um, they want to go release the other mutants so we'll get to that in a second but um with scott continuing to mourn over um his fiance jean gray at alkali late he decides to return there and uh very much finds jean gray alive um he has to shoot he has to sob angrily and then shoot his laser eyes into the water which pops her psychic bubble and that's why there's that whirlpool and mm-hmm. it like it does that little splash when the water hits itself again, and then she's awake. Yes, yes. I just love how he screams real loud, then shoots the lake. He doesn't do it at the same time, which, like, most people who are trying to be, like, whatever, right? like, dramatic, like, they're going to scream and then shoot the lake at the same time. And then there's the whirlpool, and Jean walks out with her hair three or four times longer than it was when she went in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's all the and effort from the her psychic powers. Super fakest red ever. Yes. It's so bad. Well, it's not. Here's the thing. It's a it's a pretty color, but what a choice. <laughs> it's also, a pretty color when your hair is done because then you've got like the two tone level to it because you've got the yes. red and the black. But for 90% of the movie, her hair is, like, really messed up. So you've got, like, a couple strands here, a couple strands there. So it doesn't look as good as it would be if it was, like, well done. But it, it, it's not that. It's not that. Oh, I, I also pointed it out when we were watching it. Um, the, pen, the camera, like, flips back and forth between uh, in front of Jean and behind Jean in the scene. And between those shots, the color changes. Yeah. A few times, like it completely shifts, like kinds of red and stuff like that too. So I think the the there must have been reshoots or something like that sure. at some point, and the wig isn't exactly the same between well, the two. I, I think and the lighting. Might, I, and... Yeah, I think it might be more to do with lighting because red can look very very different um, in different lighting, especially that weird burgundy like merlot red that she has. Um, yeah. Ashley's done that red a lot, and it it changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kind of nitpicky, but like Scott, when she first comes out of the water, when Jean first comes out of the water, is like super bright, like almost angelic light Yeah. on Scott. And he's lifting up his hand, but he's lifting up his hand and the shadow on his hand are nowhere near covering his eyes. <laughs> so his hand is literally doing nothing the entire time. It's just like, but and keeps going back and he's holding his hand up each time but it's not actually cut like blocking any light from his eyes so i'm just like he's also got sunglasses on so so funny (laughs) anyway like um it does bright light actually affect him because like the lasers that come out of his eyes are super bright yeah no i I don't i have a great question um but uh the the so they 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 talk back and forth uh gene is insistent that he takes his glasses off 
um, and essentially forces the lasers back into his eye. It's I, I assume it has to feel like when you like have to try to stop peeing, like <laughs> mid go. That's all I could assume it was what it felt like. It's unpleasant, but whatever. And then uh, Gene kisses him and kills him. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's more or less what happens there. Yeah, uh, his skin gets all like ripply and weird, and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have a problem with, like, the way that they did the effect where it looked like she was, like, almost sucking the life force out of him. I don't, yeah. I'm not a big fan of, like, the black lines that they kept putting on her throughout any yes. time that she became, like, the Phoenix. The Phoenix uh, throughout the movie because it just, like, I'm not quite sure why, but it, that part, oh, that visual choice kind of bothered me a lot. But, like, yeah. to be perfectly honest, a lot of this, I'm, at this point of the movie, while watching it, I was really surprised that I was not hating it as much as I thought I was going to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was I, like I, was, I hate all these individual ingredients, but the product they make together, I'm not mad at. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I did. I did find it weird that they kept changing her eyes black and then doing like the the black lines. I, I noticed that, mm-hmm. especially yeah. later, like in the camp. The and black stuff eyes like look badass. The black I'm eyes look. I'm not gonna cool, lie to you. But yeah. Yeah. That part I was totally fine with. Yeah. Uh, but Xavier sense, senses uh, a new powerful presence and immediately sends only Storm no, and Logan to he, investigate. He said he. Oh, well, I guess he could be sensing that. But he's just saying like, oh, Scott. And I was like, oh, no, he senses Scott dying. And I, that's I, what, I, I was sad at that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I took it as uh, feeling the Phoenix like awaken, essentially. Like probably the psychic too. power would yeah. probably make more sense. I guess it, it could be Xavier being just tuned in with Scott. Um, could could be both. Alkali Lake is also apparently very close to the mansion, but yeah, hop, <laughs> skipping a jump away. Yeah, I mean, plot wise, it's kind of cool because they show up or they leave, and he's he's like, "You have to get to Alkali Lake immediately or fast or whatever." But he doesn't explain what's going on. Yeah, when he no obviously idea. has an idea of what's going on, they get there and they're like, we have no idea. But at the same time, like when they show up and there's all the fog, why didn't Storm like clear the fog while <laughs> they're landing she... in the yes. first place? Like, yes, it's visually really cool to see them walking through and see like the little drops of water like lifting up and the mm-hmm. leaf on the ground as they walk through, like lift up and everything. But like logically that none of that would happen. He'd be like, go to Alkali Lake. Why not just jump in the million dollar or the billion dollar blackbird and fly to Canada? Right. I had the same critique, Bobby. I was like, <laughs> she landed this plane in the fog. <laughs> she didn't clear the fog before she landed. Uh, you have to have the dramatic moment where you find the glasses. Yeah. Oh. Come on, people. Well, I also like when they're getting off the plane, she's like, you don't want to be here. He's like, do you? Like, yeah. <laughs> That was oh, a shit. very good line. I love that. <laughs> But yeah, and, and yeah, they're walking. He's like, I can't see anything, and Storm's like, Oh, I'll take care of that. It's like, don't worry. Lead off with this. Like, why? No, they want like, to show the contacts. You man. guys have a plane. Why wouldn't you do a pass on Alkali Lake? You know something's wrong here. Why are you going in blind? Anyway, well, they're two badasses. Like, just, why do they got to go in? I'm totally like cool with like making it dramatic whenever she uses her powers because I mean they're awesome. But every time that like earlier when she was like brooding outside and charles oh comes God, out and it's like uh, uh the weather <laughs> called for clear skies and sunny today oh sorry turns around and like makes it go away and it's like wait why make it be 
one, she would have realized that she was doing that her on her own. Yeah. Two, like it just is it feels so out of character and just well, are, not are her quite powers right. Fueled by emotion? Not typically. Okay, so that's a like weird like th- thing. there there are examples of it, but it felt like yeah, she's super claustrophobic. Yeah, in the comics, she's super claustrophobic. Um, there was a point when Doctor Doom had like captured her in basically a metal case that was the size of her body, and she mm. created a hurricane, like on the Atlantic coast, like halfway around the world, because she was like so freaking out that she couldn't control the powers. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, yeah, maybe she's not feeling great. She's feeling off, but she would have like realized like oh, I'm feeling this way, and there's all this dark clouds that came in all of a sudden. Yeah. It... Mm-hmm. Sorry. Nitpicky. No, well, I, I really didn't wanted understand... this movie to be better, and it actually is, uh-huh. but there are things. Well, I also, <laughs> at that point, th- this we're, this is a little bit back in the movie, I also didn't know why she was brooding at that point. I thought like, she was, like, upset about... Is she still upset about Jean Grey? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Or stress. Yeah, because they hadn't because... announced the cure yet at that point. So yeah, I think exactly. it was. Yeah. I think it was grief. Yeah. Big G. But anyways, uh, fog goes away. They see We see a bunch of rocks floating around. That's and then cool. uh, we just see Cyclops' glasses rotating. Charlie, floating rocks. Hmm. Pandora. It's true. Avatar confirmed. Avatar. And we were in a forest. <laughs> and we're in a forest. Perfect. And I did see... And there's blue people. I did see a blue person. <laughs> uh, speaking of blue people, no Nightcrawler in this movie, which made me very sad. Yeah. Um, no, just Jake Sully. He's credited at IMDb for this, but I was like, yes, no. So, okay, no. here's the thing. He was supposed to be in this movie. They actually... He was originally in the script, but he had a super minor role, and the actor did not want to suit up in the makeup a bunch of times to essentially just stand in the background. Apparently he had almost no speaking lines or anything like that. And like essentially didn't have much to do. So they just cut him from the movie. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. So, uh, both Kurt and, um, the, uh, uh, actress, I forget her name that plays lady Deathstrike. They were both on a two movie contract and then they killed lady, lady Deathstrike (laughs) in her first movie. (laughs) So I don't I don't know what that's about, but right. sure. <laughs> Maybe she was still alive, like you thought. Maybe. The end of the oh, it just but there was one atom of her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they they find Cyclops's glasses, and then they find Jean unconscious. Um, they take Jean back to the mansion immediately to examine her. Um, and once at the mansion, Xavier explains to Wolverine that when Jean was little, he had she had difficulty controlling her powers so he put mental blocks in essentially essentially a way to separate her power from her consciousness to a certain extent well her her mutation is in her unconscious yes yeah um and he he did this to prevent her from accessing her complete power um but xavier believes that this split her personality into two two factions you got Jean Grey, and then you got the Phoenix. The id and the ego. Yeah, the id and the ego. Um, and that the Phoenix was able to overtake Jean or broke down the barrier when she sacrificed herself in X2. Um, and Xavier speculates that the exertion from you know saving all of them is really what did this and let the, the Phoenix take over. Um, She's all id now, baby. 
Bobby, you have any words on the the origin of the Phoenix here? (laughs) Um, in this, I'm fine with it because it totally falls in line with Charles making a decision that he thought was right that comes back to bite him in the ass, and like putting up the blocks, which he's done for at least a couple times I know of in the comics where he blocks out part of a person's mind or whatever. Um, he did like, like to just randomly says, mind white people in the comics. Oh, God, all the time. <laughs> it was like every third comic, I think there was at least someone yeah, that he wiped, mind wiped in the first like 30 issues or something like that. He, he would yeah, just like, like men in black, like entire crowds. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he's like, I had to cage the beast. And then like... Wolverine comes back. Well, sometimes the beast gets mad if <laughs> he cages the beast, and then he just ends I mean, it with saying, "Like yeah. I don't have to explain myself, least of all to you." And I was like, yeah. "Oh fuck, that is such a dick move right there!" Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was so, actually yeah. really cool to see him deliver those lines to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Patrick Stewart say that it was like yep I liked it yeah, yeah. it was a pretty powerful scene yeah it was it was um it's funny because I'm never not on Professor Xavier's <laughs> side I'm always like yes correct <laughs> grandfather I respect you yeah yeah and, you did what you thought was correct <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like I understand like he does have a point like the phoenix is essentially like a nuclear bomb in a child's body but yeah, at the same time, he removed their entire agency. There's a horror movie about uh, a child superhero. It's Brightburn. You oh, yeah. see that? Yeah. I, I never saw it. I never yeah. actually watched it either. I didn't. Me either. <laughs> me either at all. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially if a child had Superman's yeah, powers. And how like yeah. selfish and shitty that would be and how they would murder everybody yeah. because they're it, a child. It looked interesting. I'm not sure why I never watched it. Same. Yeah. I mean, I hate horror movies, so that might be part of it. <laughs> wow. Really one plus one. Weird. Two weird. over here. Nailed it. Uh, so the next scene we have here is with uh, Angel. Uh, I spelled Angel wrong in my notes here. Angle. For the rest of my the sweet, show. My sweet baby Angle. Um, they are going to give him the cure, essentially be the first one. Um, and he's, he kind of like steals himself, goes in, like is playing along. And then when it comes down to the moment of truth, starts to panic and freak mm-hmm. out and is like, you know, can we talk about this? I don't like, I don't want to do this. This isn't who I am. Like that sort of thing. Um, and oh the father's God. just like, we already talked about it. It's fine. This is what we all want. And no dad, it's <laughs> what you want. And yeah, uh, Angel is, spreads his wings wide. We get a, a, a superhero pose oh, of him so good. with the wings fully oh, extended. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I swear I had a complex about men with wings for <laughs> a while after that. <laughs> oh, man. He looks so good, visually, though. Like Visually, this whole scene is very impactful and it works really, really well. But there are so many things that just like in my head bother me about the scene because one the table is upright yeah yeah that that just is not right two they're like starting to strap him down with like old school like mental hospital like straps on the table (laughs) that look really really worn but the table is nice and pristine everything else around it is like nice and pristine he's not strapped down yet she comes up and takes a single alcohol wipe and 
real quick yeah, wipes doesn't dabs. like circle or anything like that just swipe and then she's got a giant fucking gun with the hyperdermic <laughs> needle at the end not like an actual like syringe or anything like that and goes up and starts to do it and then he like breaks free and i mean it looks really good it plays really well because they've got the interactions between him and his dad being like this is what we want no this is what you want <laughs> wings mm-hmm. and then he like all dramatically runs and flies out the window which is badass so good especially since those windows being that high up are probably really 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 reinforced so that would be really hard and then swipes down so close to the crowd outside it's like it's a flex (laughs) i totally understand this is a movie that looks really cool but that is really fucking dramatic Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, you decided that today was the day you're going to just let loose. <laughs> it's like, no yeah, thoughts. I'm totally coming out. I, yep, here I am. I'm mm-hmm. a mutant. I'm coming out. It's just like, and I'm beautiful. I, I Now I just imagine. Like, and he is. <laughs> well, and it's great because yeah. they use the inset lighting, um, like the actual overhead lamps on the table to create that angelic glow when he's um when he breaks free yeah it's it's really good (laughs) but now i just imagine angel going to jump out that window and it's reinforced just fucking oh yeah just (laughs) just flat yeah thor ragnarok when he throws the ball at the window yeah like bounces back and hits him in the head oh so it's a very different movie now i love that yes (laughs) with that one change oh my god Um, it's like a like a bird flying into a mirrored window. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's so funny. <laughs> um so now <laughs> sorry, I just thought of that now. <laughs> yeah. I, I never even considered it, but when you said reinforce, I was like, Oh yeah, that's just like him just like running into that window full force and just not mm-hmm. not doing it. Mm-hmm. Like um <laughs> It actually sounds like a great TikTok. <laughs> of right? just that scene. Uh, oh, great. So we finally get to the scene that was been lined up for a while now <laughs> is uh, the Brotherhood attacking the mobile prison holding uh, Mystique played by um, Rebecca Romijn. Romijn? I don't know. How to say. Romaine. Ro- Rebecca is it Romaine? Romaine? Yeah. Then why is it spelled so weird? Because it's a Eastern European name. Anyways, uh, to free her as well as uh, two other mutants, um, Kane the Juggernaut Marco, played by Vinnie Jones, who was not the original cast for Juggernaut either. Wait, is he... Is Vinnie Jones a Wrestleman? I don't know. I've definitely seen him in other things. I th- right? I feel like I recognize him. He's in him. a lot of those like crime heist movies, like with Jason Statham and stuff. At yeah. least that's sure. what my mind associates him with. Okay. Um, but was not the original cast for Juggernaut, actually. So that was that was fun. Um, and then we got uh, James Madrox, uh, played by Eric Dane here. One thing I did want to point out is that you guys had made a comment in the episode you did about X Two, uh, the files that you took pictures of that they had yes. um, uh-huh. in the desk. One was Artie Leach, or was Leach. And yep. the, another one of them was Jamie Madrox, uh, Multiple yep. Man. So actually did some of it, came back, and actually played a role because they were foreshadowing at least something. Yeah, now, yeah. They didn't do anything with Remy or anything like that, but yeah. at least that was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this feels like Marvel, like current Marvel level foreshadowing. 
And I I feel like I don't know. I feel like they took notes. Yeah, know, from these movies, it, it wasn't executed great, but they okay. they were trying. Yeah. <laughs> they put in the work. <laughs> yeah, like. Madrax should have had such a better role in this because he has so many like other abilities, not abilities, but like potential, so much potential as multiple man other than just a decoy and two lines in the entire movie. I'm in. And then slyly look at Rebecca's ass as she walks away. (laughs) I was like, same. And then, yeah, later on in the I mean, I'm not blaming him for doing it whatsoever. (laughs) But right. it just. But yeah, his role was not very significant. Uh, and the, so they're released. Uh, one of the security guards, being very committed to his job, uh, thinking he can end it now, is going to shoot uh, Magneto in the back with a cure dart. Uh, Mystique. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to point out. So there is the scene that leads up to this where the security guard. Uh, is talking to Mystique and while she's caged and she is the president at first and then becomes like a little girl and is like trying to get me like, can you get me out of here? Um, and he goes up and says, uh, keep it up and I'll spray you in the face, uh, bitch, which I thought was yeah. kind of funny. Like, holding yeah. up the thing. it's fun to call small children, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then as the little girl, she says, when I get out of here, I'm going to kill you myself. I was just yeah. like, okay. Yeah. And then, like I said earlier, like, they should have, like, used the cure on her and Juggernaut and it Madrox if he was, they were so dangerous. They would have, not should have, they would have, yeah. logically. Mm-hmm. Plot-wise, this is cooler. But, yeah, <laughs> they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have ever gotten to that point. Yeah. Or it would have been, like, something where it was almost like a kill switch where the cure was lined up, you yeah. know, at some at some part of their body. And if they moved or broke something, you know what I mean? You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Some sort of... Yeah. Right. Like, thre- like have a fail safe. Have one. Yes. Have one fail safe. Yes. You know? Yeah. If you think they're so dangerous that you are willing to, like, completely and just utterly, yeah. like, violate all of the rights and develop a weapon to put the, them down specifically, like... Also, hear me out. You put all of those prisoners in a metal truck. Yeah, I understand. Maybe a plastic truck is not. You know, I it's, I it's know not nothing. readily available. No, I know nothing. They John made Snow. a plastic prison for Magneto. Right. Like yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you decided that fifteen the feet away way. had the control room. Yeah. Yeah. Like the plastic prison was like so close to the control room, he would have been yeah. able to control anything. Well, also, why well, they were suppressing him? They were suppressing his yeah. powers. Yeah, they yeah, were they were giving the, him the shots in that you know, movie, but yeah, with the whoop whoop. Mm. I don't but know also, why would you transport Mystique and Juggernaut together? Because like Juggernaut to contain him, you're gonna have to use metal. Yeah, like, like or like significant force of some kind. Yeah, because if you even let him twitch a little bit, like apparently you can't stop him. So yeah, I don't I don't understand. Anyways. So, um, Mystique now, go ahead, Bobby. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I wanted to make a comment about how the practical effects of him lifting up the car, crushing it, flinging it to the side, lifting up the car, crushing it, flinging it to the side, looked really, really, really good. And then, Uh yes, detaches the trailer from the tractor and then flips the tractor over Mm -hmm. him. And I was just like, glad you didn't use special effects on that and just did it practically like, or like the mix of the two. Yeah. Well, and it, it really, lasts, really well done. 
yeah. it lasts. It holds um, up so well. Mm-hmm. Pure CGI just doesn't, I don't know, because the styles change. And practical effects always, usually always hold the test of time. Yeah. Like watching those old Mad Max movies, they look fucking good. Yeah. They're disturbing, but they look really good. <laughs> um. So... And, Sorry, old Star Wars. I just love puppets. Anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so Mystique, now being human, uh, is abandoned by the rest of the mutants. Cold. Yeah, uh, it's real cold. Damn. Sorry, my dear. You're no, you're not one of us anymore. Like, yeah. what? Oh. Like, Straight dick. Straight you, dick. You absolute bitch. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it, <sighs> I honestly, I like, I understand, like, Eric is all for, like, furthering the mutant race and like all that sort well, of stuff he's not he's well, in theory that like that's what he says he stands for right mm-hmm. but like just the complete and utter lack of emotional connection to raven like right like mm-hmm. even for eric unless he's like just a straight sociopath it does not make sense for him to be that cold with raven right just to yeah. ditch her aside yeah like for so long like literally hunts her down specifically to get her back like Mm -hmm. that's what this whole mission was is to get her back and he like didn't even like grieve for that loss at all i don't know it's kind of it's silly to me but no he did such a pity she was so beautiful that was his gross (laughs) um but it's very clear in this movie that they've taken his character to just care about collecting mutants with cool powers like yeah you know it's very like you know, it, it's just clearer where you can see the the difference in the line in the sand between Xavier and Charles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we get to Jean awakening in the lab to find Wolverine uh, creepily standing over <laughs> her and uh, touching her shoulder. Um, I it it looked weird, like the hand weird. motion, everything was weird. Um, but Jean, if I ever fall into a coma, Jean <laughs> <laughs> um, tries to seduce Wolverine like immediately. Um, and Wolverine eventually, it says immediately recognizes, but eventually recognizes that this gene is not the, the one they, that he's in love with. Yeah. Like they make out for like a solid amount of time. Yeah. He, he may have recognized it right away, but he might have been like, all right, well, the girl that I've been pining over for, I don't know, three weeks or two years, or I'm not sure how long, the girl I've been pining over <laughs> has been, is be right here wanting to make out with time. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and takes off his belt mentally. Like, oh, that was I love that yeah. part. Yeah. Wait, and she's like, no. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, comfy. Uh, Wolverine asks what happened to Scott, um, and Jean's uh, personality, like temporarily, like gains control and is, like essentially like kill me uh, before the Phoenix retakes over um, when Wolverine hesitates and. Uh, the phoenix just yeets him into the wall and knocks him unconscious and just leaves the school. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects of her slightly disintegrating and then blowing the door open and just walking through without yes. like ta- like breaking stride was so cool. Like, yeah, I don't remember it being that cool, but just like everything while like she's starting to like get upset and frustrated every time he says the word professor, like as like the screws are unscrewing from the thing and the window windows of the cabinets and stuff start to break was actually really Mm -hmm. well done as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, but sorry, I keep pointing that out, but I was just like, (laughs) 
actually I'm surprised you, at the yeah. fact that it's it was a well, that well done. Made, yeah, it's a well-made mm-hmm. movie. Is it a well-written movie? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Xavier knows that Jean will go to her childhood home for some reason. Um, <laughs> She's... Uh, it's the id reverting back to yes. you know your formative years, your childhood, something familiar from your childhood. Uh, Magneto also knows knows that Jean is going to return to her childhood home for some reason because of Callisto. So smart. Okay, so here's the thing: is you don't predict where a mutant is gonna go with a power that tells you where a mutant is. <laughs> oh no, he does. Okay, so yeah, no. <laughs> so Callisto's like you don't predict with the power. Of where they're going to go when you can sense mutants. Not even necessarily yeah. where they are. You can just sense them. Yeah, you just kind of sense them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Oh, and she's a level just... five. Yeah. Levels My, of mutation? Michael I don't remember had the that. the same issue. And I was... that was That's so funny to me. But please describe <laughs> why you don't like the levels. <laughs> because for me, well, as an idiot, I was like, no, this makes sense. <laughs> One, two, three, well, four, I mean, five. Yeah, She's the five. It, I mean, it would make sense, but in the comics, and mind you, there's 60 plus years of mutant comics, so th- maybe someone at one point used levels in that way, but they use levels as like omega level, alpha level, beta level, like they did it with the Greek Roman, or like the Greek alphabet as opposed to numbers. So that's why I was personally like, mm-hmm. it's probably better for the general masses to be yes. like, oh, Yes. No one is above a three except for you two in this yes. room. Okay, cool. That shows that they're very powerful, but also that you're not because you're not above a three because you just said it. But um, then to say that she's level five, like the highest I've ever sensed, I was like, okay, that tells you that she's the most powerful mutant that this person has at least encountered. But like Jean was listed as an Omega level mutant bobby was listed as an omega level mutant which was like the highest level at that point so i don't know like what was your problems with the numbering system same thing mike that that's pretty much it yeah yeah uh, i was just like, okay well yeah also yeah. The, also the fact that it wasn't mentioned at all in the first two movies and then they just started casually throwing it around in the like this section of the movie they just started like oh level three level five level you know they just started casually throwing it around for no reason so part of me wants to know like what makes a level and is this a level system that she herself came up with and that's why she's just numbering no. it being like known as a, higher than a level three okay well how do you test that how do you know that with your power to be like okay well if you've got x amount of gamma radiation then you've got this level mutant power i don't know for me sure. in my movie only brain when i first watched the movie I was like, government classifies with dumb government bureaucracy. Everyone just uses the term because it's the most common term. And like, one, two, three, four, five, easy to easy to understand. <laughs> like, for me as a dumb dumb. Because if they started saying level like alpha or level beta or level omega, I would have been like, huh. Well, and that's the thing is like. So it, what can they do? It, I don't like. That so, would complicate it even more for me, but just being like one, two, three, four, five, the government is involved now. There's a mutant affairs bureau. I was like, sure, yeah, no, they'd classify levels of power. Like that makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like it's just like Xavier uses it though, and then the mutants that aren't really 
cool with the humans also use it though. Like, so I don't know. It's, it's just, just a common yeah. colloquialism. Well, and I also think. in the comics, it's an omega level mutant, not a level level omega mutant. Yeah. See, I <laughs> hate it. And like, so, so like, okay, so I, I, we've posted. I didn't on... fully understand it as a kid either. Like, I just knew that like once Emma Frost went into Bobby Drake's mind and like unlocked his mutant about powers so like then he was listed as an omega level mutant what did that mean at that point in time i have no idea yeah 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 and like there's only a handful like you you have like x-man is uh, omega you have um like jamie uh, braddock is omega gene gray I think Apocalypse is. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of them, but I think Legion was also listed as that. Yes, Legion you could was. Yeah. Reality. Yeah, uh, essentially, Franklin like you could Richards. warp slash break reality. Um, I think just before, um, I think House of M, like they they said Scarlet Witch, like you know was it, you know that like essentially you are yeah. bending, warping, breaking reality in some way, are so powerful that like you cannot be stopped. Was essentially what that boiled down to, but yeah. It's not important. Then how did Iceman get that? He can just make reality that cold? Sorry, I mean, bad joke. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not getting to the chemistry. We're, we're going to move I on. I was going to yeah. say, please, please, please stop. <laughs> um, so we, we end up at Gene's childhood home. Um, Xavier and Magneto both enter trying to convince Gene. Uh, well, Xavier's trying to convince Gene to go back underneath the, the, the barriers and Magneto's just poking her like, nah, like, <laughs> don't do it. Let though. loose, let loose Gene. Like, so you Xavier goes there with Wolverine and Storm. And then yep. Magneto's there with his new crew, new brotherhood. Just before he walks in, he looks to Juggernaut and says, don't let anyone in. Yep. And then Juggernaut promptly it's... throws Wolverine inside. <laughs> yeah. The very first thing Wolverine comes running, knocks Wolverine down, picks him up, throws him inside. Like, immediately yes first i mean that is how smart kane marco is but (laughs) still (laughs) yeah no i thought i thought that was funny and yeah and then you have wolverine and juggernaut fighting and then storm versus uh callisto and everyone else right i also so it it's a fine fight whatever but one thing that always bugged me even when i was a kid when juggernaut throws wolverine up through the ceiling and then he falls back down through the ceiling, like further, like further through the house. Is like, did he launch him through the roof? Like, <laughs> like how did he have the force to come back down through uh, the house further down? Like, he is covered with an adamantium skeleton, which he weighs a lot hard. more. That's true. That is true. Heavy fall hard. Anyway, if you they watch X Men Origins Wolverine and he sits onto you, the you motorcycle. Should, right. they, <laughs> It goes Jesus down God. quite a bit. When he fucking <laughs> throws the motorcycle or whatever. It's, yeah. anyways, um, That's a masterpiece. Um, so th- th- there's a bunch of fighting. Um, Take that back, Charlie. <laughs> so with ample amounts of sarcasm. We'll get to that movie eventually. Uh, there's, lot, there's lots of talking. Charles is being dumb. Magneto's poking the bear. There's fighting. Gene freaks out. Starts levitating everything. Um, Xavier gets lifted out of his chair. Magneto gets pushed up against the wall. And Wolverine claws his way to the door in just enough time to see xavier get disintegrated he gave him the weirdest little smile yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a weird look yeah the smirk on his face was just like yeah 
which I mean makes sense with the end credit scene, but mm-hmm. I was just like this is dusting before dusting became a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. The the poof, the snap. Yeah. She's like, did is this where Thanos got it from? <laughs> Copycat. Did you see the list at the very, very er, at the end credits before the end credit scene, the list of executive producers? Stanley's the first one. Absolutely did you see who the second not. one was? Kevin Feige. Not. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Well, so, so maybe so he Brian brought Dustin from that Schneider, today. Yeah, like Zack Schneider was sub- one of the people that was like, um, like set to do this movie as well, along with Brian Singer. So like they they uh, had so it like been four hours. Yeah, exactly. So like they they had some of the bigger name like well, action before here. they were bigger. Yeah, names, before they were yeah. bigger name. Not, so not me googling who Kevin Feige is. <laughs> Feige, Kevin Feige. 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 Feige is how he pronounces it. At least I don't know. That is, yeah, I think. But it doesn't matter anyway. We're moving on here. Yeah. Uh, Storm and Wolverine sad. Um, <laughs> we get um a, a funeral scene with everyone. Good uh, speech. Good speech. Great. Storm. We're moving Ice on. Iceman hold two girls' hands. Yes, he holds Rogues <laughs> and Kitty's hand. Um, that was and then we get the super awkward scene with between Kitty and Bobby on the uh, ice skating outside. Oh God, it's so bad. And uh, Rogue sees it, so she leaves um, to go yeah. get the cure. Yeah. Wolverine stops her. He says, "Do it, kid." Um, <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Do whatever you want." Yeah. Uh, and we get, yeah, it, the whole thing is weird. That like Bobby is fully like emotionally cheating at this point. Uh, Michael. Like, Michael told me that the first time he watched this, he was fully suspecting Mystique still had her powers and she was causing derivin, der- derision in the house. Yeah. And it wasn't Bobby. It was Mystique. I mean, she did do it in the first one. So, yeah, it's, it's literally a thing she did in the first I know, movie. Yeah. It's not a crazy I thought. I know. No. But it's like literally like five minutes before no, we yeah. saw her lose her yeah. power. So yeah. it's just like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's just like. I don't know why I was just like, this is Mystique mm-hmm. just playing that role because now there's no Xavier to like censor there. Bob- Anyways, Bobby's been well, yeah, dead it would make the sense to time. like, yeah, to push the plot forward with yeah. Rogue getting rid of her powers if they're going to go a different way with it. Yeah. Yeah. That could have made sense. So, anyways, we get uh, Magneto and Jean Grey back at the camp. We get the, um, the talk from Magneto here talking about. Uh, the mutant race and you know like taking the fight to them and like stopping it um uh we also get um pyro talking about like oh i would have you know smoked the the professor myself and then eric is just like no like sit sit down boy (laughs) sit down boy like the loss of xavier like xavier's done more for the like mutant race Mm -hmm. than any other person and like my greatest regret is that he had to give his life for this Mm -hmm. i was the one who prodded gene gray to kill him (laughs) (laughs) this is a hundred percent on me but like yeah yeah for him to have morality at this point like in the com or in the movie story like universe just feels really weird for it to be this for this one person only yeah, I, but nothing I, else anywhere. <laughs> I like it though. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've read that trope in like villains uh, for a while. It's like you know they have their own moral code. It's just very highly specific, <laughs> and and he really like respects it Charles. It, yeah, I really like it because that's what it should be. They did re- mutually respect each other, and they never like 
actively try to kill each other or anything like that but it just feels weird based on how he just walked away from mystique it feels weird based on how he's Mm -hmm. done everything leading up to this how he used charles in the last movie to try to create mass genocide of the entire human race so Mm -hmm. it's just like Mm -hmm. to then maybe it's because he's the only one that's that's allowed to say something bad about charles I, yeah. I think that's don't let the too. don't let the little well, that's say something. my super rival yeah only like, i get to talk shit about my enemy like yeah right. shut the fuck up <laughs> um but anyway magneto's uh group kind of goes full terrorist here they they do a bombing of one of the clinics that's giving the vac the the cure um, what's the chant what's the terrible chant that they uh, have at the protest we need like, no cure or something like that uh, or, i can't remember yeah it, it's very bad it, it's yeah. stupid anyways um and then magneto they allow magneto on tv for some reason to essentially give his manifesto so i feel like you just needed another mutant with the power to broadcast for some unknown yeah reason like to yeah explain well, this well, he has magnetic powers tv broadcasting yeah where's where's magnets. where's like doug lock or something like that, <laughs> something like that. Sure. <laughs> magnet sure sure i did have one comment about a scene that you skipped over which i mean is totally understandable because it was almost nothing it was the scene where bobby realizes that rogue's not there um he goes oh, and he's God. like hey yeah. pete have you seen rogue and he's literally walking down the hall carrying the giantest crt tv yes <laughs> that you could ever see and it just totally it. reminded me of walking down any dorm hallway in college whatsoever like going to visit friends at college and stuff like that because he's just carrying this like oh yeah nothing's nothing's weird about this but he's doing it with one <laughs> arm because he's huge and it's like probably bigger than any tv i had growing up whatsoever but i just thought that was yeah. so funny i don't know why mm-hmm. i found it funny but because no, those TVs good. are heavy as fuck. Yes. Yeah. Very heavy. Yeah. As a person that's had to carry them solo yes. multiple times, they are very heavy. Uh-huh. It's a bad job. <laughs> so Wolverine tracks down uh, Magneto's mutant camp. Don't get an explanation as to how he knows where Magneto's mutant camp is, but sure. Um, we, we do get oh, Wolverine? Mag- yeah, we do no, get he him. sniffs. We do get the sniff yeah, scene. Yeah, he sniffs. That's he... how he finds him. He sniffs So him. he actually... Bef- prior to that, he is starting to hear Gene talk to him, Logan, oh, that's Logan, right. yeah. while he's oh, in front he of the Flash. Xavier's um, I don't know, monument, I guess. Uh, and then you have the scene where him and Storm, where Storm's like, Gene's made her choice. She killed the professor. Just leave it alone. And then you've got the, the completely out of character. Well, either you're with us or you're not to yeah. Wolverine, which is like, Okay, he wants to go after her. All right. Might not be a bad idea to know where they are. Yeah. Maybe ask a question of, are you going there to get her back? Are you going there to join her? What's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, just ask some basic questions instead of just being like, either you're with us or you're not. Well, and the theme with them for throughout the whole, well, through the small interactions that they have is that like she wants him to be just a part of the team, like work on your teamwork. And he keeps going out on solo missions basically. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, you're, if you're not with us, you're against us. It was like, if you're going to, I think it's literally like, if you're going to, if you're with us, then be with us. Let's do this as a team. Yeah. But, uh, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. 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 That's how I understood it anyway. 
I'll try to look at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep at night. <laughs> uh, so Wolverine murdered better. Wolverine murdered a bunch of mutants out in the woods. Uh, just like so many. Yeah, he, he sure just does. kills a bunch yeah. of people. The spike, uh, the spike fight was pretty sick. Though. Yeah, it was, it was sick, but yeah, he just murders a bunch of just random mutants out in the woods. It was like the one guaranteed scene where we get Hugh Jackman just it, in a wife beater, just whooping ass. It, I think I think whoever did Logan saw this scene is like, what if we did it old? What if we did this <laughs> yeah. the whole time? <laughs> and that was it. But yeah, just Wolverine running through movie. the forest, killing people. is It's kind of iconic at movie. this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, the tiny ears on the, the, the other guy. mutant, like when they're like listening to the fight. Yeah, that guy has really small ears. Best hearing, small ears. Best hearing, small ears. Did you see that? I'll send you a screen cap. It was funny. Yeah, funny I didn't see that. I was looking at the tattoo on his neck, but oh yeah, yeah, he had a fun. Oh, is that why? Okay, so I thought Callisto had a horseshoe on her An chest. Omega. And I just, I just realized it's an Omega because they're all like, I'm a strong mutant or whatever. No, because they're the Omega clan or whatever. Oh, shit. But, like, that Never was the mind. name of the group. Yeah. Oh. The, like, the name of the, the collection where Magneto made his speech was the Omega something. Oh, but shit. That's what they, I mean, on screen, they don't mention it. They don't it, mention though. it at all. It's, but it's, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was a horseshoe because she run fast. No. And, like, um, I thought like, it was a horseshoe, too. <laughs> Like, thank you okay uh, like psylocke has it over her eye so instead of having the scar over her eye she has the omega tattoo on her head and sure. like um the the Sun, spike guy has yeah. it on his chin and uh, like yeah yeah that's the, the this logo for being a mutant when they ask like magneto like where's your tat and he's like oh i was branded once never again like yeah anyway well, and Which, they are full of tattoos too i think yeah. that was like their whole yeah yeah every thing. every single yeah. anyways uh, Wolverine eventually gets yeeted into the forest. Uh, that's really the important part in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jean Grey is fully with Magneto at this point. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. Yeah. Magneto, uh, Wolverine gets yeeted. Um, like, they try to have a conversation, and Magneto is like, dude, you never learn. And <laughs> he just metal, metal bends him away. So we get a scene with um, that. Mystique has given away Magneto's location, um, so federal agents <laughs> close in on this. Oh yeah, no, like, oh, this, this like hell the next has scene. no fury like a woman scorned. Yeah, I love bringing in sexism in this way. Yeah, it's my favorite way to sexism. I have it written down: fucking old white male. Hell hath no fear like a woman scorned. Yep. Like, yep. With the <laughs> with the smirk that he has on his face, like it's just yeah. so bad. Like, and you're the president. You're the president. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like, well... turn it down. Turn it down, like, two notches. And we managed to get... Oops. <laughs> I mean, it's it's actually fairly realistic <laughs> we would have someone like that in office. Yep. I so... can only imagine where that sentence was going. He, he was he was going to point out to uh, 45. Um, oh. Yes. Then, no, that makes sense. Then, yeah. Uh, no, so... Now I feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> so the federal agents close in. It turns out it's multiple man. Um, he, he's he's his own decoy. Very funny. Um, mm-hmm. And Magneto and the mutant army have started moving towards Alcatraz. Um, so Magneto uses his powers to create a bridge by using a current bridge. This, to- at this point, this exact moment, is where the movie for me turned into. It stops. Yep. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> if we stop right here, I'm good. Okay. This is the moment. 
This is the point of no return for so, me. You know, so, you know what's <laughs> funny? So, apparently, in the original script, the bridge scene was in the middle of the movie. How? Well, if I stop watching it here, it's better. I mean, that's true. Um, <laughs> Except for the beast thing, whatever. Okay, yeah. That part is cool. There are definitely some good points in here, but, yeah, it definitely starts to crack and show its show its facade a little bit more. It's just like, eh. Yeah. But it it looks really cool. It Him, does. Like ripping the Golden Gate Bridge off. Like way unnecessary. Like well, you literally you know, used two little pin drops of iron to walk out of your gla- uh, plastic cage in the last movie. And you've got a handful of mutants just here's the find some metal to fly yourselves there. Magneto is all about propaganda. Yeah. Uh, so this is like this is a huge symbol, and he's like, well, "How else do you get the you. How else do you get the line of Charles always want to build bridges?" Yeah, that's true. That, I mean, that is, come on. I think delivery. I, I, I think he does. I think he writes himself like, "Oh, this would be so cool <laughs> if I got to say this and do this," and then he just goes and does it. Do he needs a mutant with a a GoPro? Right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Magneto brings the bridge over, um, kills all the mutants on the bridge when he just drops it. Big um, time. <laughs> yeah, they should be dead. They should all be dead. And the kid, and there's that one car that you focus yeah. on, the humans inside of it, and she like locks it afterwards, which was actually just kind of funny. But like the kid yeah. in the back seat is not buckled or anything, totally survived being dropped yeah. like 40 feet in the air. And their car doesn't look like yeah. it had any scratches on it because it was like product placement for Mercedes, but still. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah. Uh, so Storm found out that this attack is about to happen. So she grabs Wolverine, who's now back at the mansion for some reason. He got yeeted. Really uh, he got far. yeeted. But, he, but he's not that far from the. Anyways, it doesn't anyway. matter. It doesn't no, matter. No, he calls Storm. He calls Storm and lets him know. And then that's Beast right. is like, You saw Magneto? Like, as if he's so elusive or something like that like oh my god you saw him but that yeah. then they have that pep well, talk in the basement in yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah so uh so beast played by kelsey Grammer. we talked about that before kitty pride played by elliot page El- oh sorry elliot i'm page. sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry yes um huh. uh and then I, uh, I was just reading yep. the God damn it. <laughs> and then uh, Iceman, played by Sean Ashmore, and then Peter Colossus, uh, who, for some reason, uh, in my notes, does not have his, uh, his the name of the actor, but that's whatever, um, is sent to help. Um, Rogue is still gone. And we we get uh, the fighting on Alcatraz. A um, bunch of stuff with the human I soldiers. I wanted to... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment about the costumes that they're wearing. One, Beast is like, I can't believe I fit into this at one point, which was kind of funny. But then you've got Wolverine with yellow piping. You've got Bobby with like a light blue, almost ice looking popping uh, piping. And then you've got Kitty with the pink piping Yeah. on the black. Like, really? Yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, I don't know why girl, the pink, pink was there because it was the only one that just totally didn't girl like ma- girl. feel as much. Ice blue, yeah. <laughs> ice blue, girl pink. <laughs> this is the thought. Yep, Wolverines are yellow. Um, for yeah, yeah, for Wolverines are yellow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. 
but the, it was a good pep talk though. Yeah, yeah, it was a good yeah. little pep talk. Yeah. Um, so the the human soldiers used the the cure darts against the the um, mutants, uh, who apparently there's just an army of mutants that can jump. Like all of them are like frogs. Class there, one. There's so many of Brew. them. Yeah. Jumpers. Yeah, yeah class one jumpers. Jumpers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, who get absolutely decimated by the cure guns? Uh, Magneto confused because he cannot cannot stop them, mm-hmm. um, and he, he, the, we get the pawn line like the, the you allow the pawns to go first. Up like, until this point, people have been pretty dumb. Hence the truck scene. Yeah, and now I would be shocked too if like all of a sudden oh, they, they decided. Do learn. Yeah, they wow, they have plastic. Wow, yeah. this is. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Now like it really matters because in two point five seconds we have the most perfectly timed uh shockwave yeah we get we get arc light yeah who uh has up to this point in this movie done absolutely nothing yep um pulls up purple hands claps breaks all guns another great plot why 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 does it why what i imagine they have these okay they have all these mutants and they're all wood putty right (laughs) these 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 things of wood putty and they have these plot holes and they're just like oop (laughs) <laughs> just gonna go ahead and stuff them right in there yeah <laughs> like i mean it was really cool to see like the guns like exploding in everyone's hands and stuff like that mm-hmm. but why didn't they just like i don't know focus on the right side of their heads so that they all get knocked unconscious <laughs> or <laughs> i thought Thank that was gonna go you. way darker i was like how is the sound wave shattering the plastic and not their inner ear yeah and like you know, and all just, of every single one of those soldiers were at least outwardly presenting as male. I mean, do what Wolverine did eyes, does later on in the yeah. fight scene, go right for their nuts, like or something, like just yeah, stop the actual people from fighting. You don't have to go after the guns that only do the one specific thing that stops you from being a mutant. Stop the person who can stop you from being alive. Right? Like, how does I don't <laughs> I don't understand how that does that. Um, because their their eyes should have also popped from the sound wave. Like, well, it looked like nothing else. Like none of their clothes no. like waved or anything. So like they were able to uh, do it so perfectly to just like only affect the guns and not anything around them. Yeah, I don't get it. A shockwave or the people in front of them the or of the gun. That's definitely how that works yes that's definitely how that works absolutely science science um but there's a fight going on um a a lot of mutants get turned into humans uh, who eventually get killed uh like we assume um i mean i would assume and uh yeah it's they fight for a while uh magneto sends juggernaut to go kill the um jimmy the mutant and uh kitty pride chases after and you know, is smart, outsmarts Juggernaut. Yeah. So it's a pretty good scene. I like, I like that Kitty, like, you know, sucks him down into the floor and mm-hmm. then, you know, lets him chase through and then jukes him and goes another That's direction. Cool. Yeah, it, it it's actually fairly well done yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um. So Callisto leads a force inside uh, consisting of Callisto, Psylocke, Quill, and... I don't remember. Um, <laughs> Spike? Is it Callisto that does that? Because Callisto yes, and Storm well, are fighting outside Quill. and she yeah, ultimately oh, oh. zaps him. Oh, yeah, yeah you're Psylocke. right. It's just those three. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Because yeah, they're Callisto fighting. and Storm are fighting outside. You're correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I think yeah. my notes are wrong. I I, I think it might be it's Archlight. Just, oh, it's, yeah, it's Arc, 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 Arc Light. Arc Light yeah. and Psylocke and Quill. Yeah. 
Um, they go inside uh, to kill Warren Washington the second. Um, they this doctor when he hugs her, I don't think she should have died. Yeah, I feel like maybe he would have punctured her lung, but like I don't know, his quills don't seem that long. Yeah, that was like, there's a lot of them though. I guess. Oh, like it's gonna suck. Don't get me wrong, right. it's gonna suck a lot. But like, I none of them look more more than like maybe an inch and a half, two inches long. Well, yeah. I, could, I saw some that were like three, four inches. Like on like, like on the back of his head. I guess it's gonna suck. It, oh yeah, suck. it's gonna suck. Maybe you're gonna wish you were dead. But I was yeah, like but... falling dead instantly. I I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, anyway, they they lead they Shock. lead <laughs> they lead um. Uh, Warren Washington the second to the top of the building and decide to just throw him off the building instead of just killing him. Um, it, it's whatever. His son swoops by and saves him, played by Ben Foster. Um, um one thing I did wings. want to like, I wanted to question the the needle, like gun, not the gun, but like you've got the needle bombs that they shoot. So then, like, needles, like, fly out, and then they've got, like, the shot puts with needles in it. What are the needles made of if he can't affect them with metal? I, like, are they I made of the glass? Or, because, like, Edison and I, we were sitting there trying to figure this out, like, what is that, what, what is it made of? And I'm like, maybe a hard, rigid plastic? And it's just not sanitary? I don't know. So but. we were talking about that as well, because uh, anything like that small plastic is going to bend, glass is going to break. Metal's usually the best on that. Um, the best I could think of would be some sort of hard mineral and or rock. Um, like I could see them making, I don't know, like quartz and or obsidian Diamond. like needles. Like you can you can do sharpened blades like like blades made out of like obsidian and stuff like that are actually sharper than razor blades. So. Like, okay. but a lot of those diamond needles. Yeah, diamond needles. <laughs> a lot of those more rigid uh, rocks have like magnetic properties to them, though. So that doesn't quite yes. like quartz. You, I don't know. That's just it's all aluminum. Super nitpicky. Foil. It it looked really cool to see a shot put flying through the air and needles flying out of it, but I was just like, what? Eh, whatever. Yeah, no, I I questioned the same thing at at one point as well. <gasps> it's made out of ice. It seems and, unlikely. And you had Beast fighting and doing a Churchill uh, quote, and he's like, ah, you get the point, yep. which was perfect. And, but when they first fly up, you get the Oh My Stars and ga- uh, Garters. Yep. From, I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Because he <laughs> did that in the, the cartoon. Yep, he did oh. that in the cartoon. I, I think that was in the comics too. So yeah, yep. yeah, yep. no, it, it, he, he said the line. He said the line. Yay! Um, he did the thing. He was old and quirky. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he yes, uh, he's just think, old and quirky, and I remember it. Nice. Uh, I think they say that in Ultimate Alliance too. And yeah, I they freaked do. Out the same way. Yeah, they do. But yeah, the the fights the fights all right. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean. There's cool parts. I yeah, shouldn't, cool I, parts shouldn't have, I shouldn't have shit on it so hard with the Golden Gate Bridge, but there are like redeeming parts in this last bit, but overall, the logistics are yeah. uh rough throughout, uh yeah. to be honest. Um it just yeah. It's it's whatever. Well, I mean, like the whole plot of it just doesn't quite make sense because you've got the X-Men who show up and they're fighting on the side of the army instead of just getting the kid out of there or taking out the kid themselves or whatever they want to do with the kid. 
they just take out the kid yeah, instead of fighting them you know on the what? other side. It just doesn't logistically make sense in my head at all. Maybe they know that when once they get the kid, they can't use their powers to get the kid away. So that's why he took the whole bridge? I mean, okay. Except he could have just wrapped him up in metal from a distance and, like, moved him with metal. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, yeah. Oh, and also, like, the... Um, uh, the the, the, the but jet. would the metal no longer have the powers because it's I, near the kid? <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Magnets oh, stop her on this kid. And then it's also crazy. the X-Men literally had a stealth jet that they landed on top of the fucking fight that no one noticed. Yeah. They could have gotten that kid out without anyone knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of the building yeah. from the fight. Yeah. Anyways. It's stupid. Yeah. It, it's fine. Sure. Uh, there's a fight. The Colossus throws Wolverine to stop Magneto because things have gone bad. Um, Magneto's like, oh, you never learn. And then Beast shows up and stabs Magneto with four of the cure things. And Magneto is like, I'm human and like very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, the army eventually shows up because uh, Jean Grey is just kind of chilling there, uh, just kind of hanging out. And the army just decides to start shooting. They're using bullets again. So that's fun. No, there was needles. No, there. It's very distinctly bullets. Really? Yes, I, I thought it was needles. No, I was, thought it was needles too, but Bobby, it might have been bullets. We're right. I just it's thought it needles. was funny because like Logan looked like he almost had Gene. Like, hey, let's go home, and then the army shows up at that moment to, and that's what snaps her into the Phoenix, and yeah, shoots, and then just starts going like full that like, not fifty percent of the universe like. Let's destroy the entire universe now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she she goes she just goes ballistic and just starts disintegrating everybody. Uh, disintegrates all of the army people. Uh, starts just dis- indiscriminately disintegrating random mutants like all the mutants that threw Warren off the uh, the roof get disintegrated. So Psylocke dies here. Um, Callisto dies. Um, Arclight dies. Quill dies. Uh, all of them die. None of the X Men are affected. Uh, nope. They all are able to run away uh, just fine. Um, and Jean Grey is just kind of destroying everything. As the rest of the X Men escape, Wolverine approaches Jean Grey in an attempt to bring her back to her, you know, whatever normal state. Wolverine uh, healing as he approaches, like he repeatedly gets disintegrated. Um, he gets up. It next- looks so cool. It yeah. did look really cool. Yes. The metal, like on his sternum, like showing through as he's like being ripped away and then of course you get him shirtless but like you've got like his stuff just like disintegrating as he's walking up and just the forethought of actually like putting through like the shiny metal and stuff the adamantium yeah was pretty cool um wolverine gets close enough to talk to gene try to break through to her the the phoenix persona breaks for just a moment um and in the moment of weakness wolverine stabs her through the heart well no, no no okay so you said a moment of weakness, and it's like, no, she's asking, for, she's asking for help. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just uh. the phoenix moment of weakness. Oh, the phoenix. Oh, yes. sorry, my brain is. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're toast. fine. I mean, yeah, it's it's Gene being yeah. strong, but the phoenix yeah. being weak because the phoenix has taken over at this point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Wolverine uh kills Jean Grey slash the phoenix and breaks down in anguish. Yep sucks he did it yeah good job everybody um so an undiscriminate or 
undisclosed time later, the president of the United States, played by Joseph Sommer, signs the Mutant uh, Rights Act into law that appoint and appoints Beast as the ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, Storm takes over as the head mistress of the school. Uh, Rogue eventually returns to the schools and reveals to Iceman, her boyfriend, that she has taken the cure. Meanwhile, Magneto, who escaped the island during the chaos, uh, sits at a park in San Francisco playing chess by himself uh, with metal pieces that one suddenly moves slightly on its own. And, yeah. My whole problem with that, like, cool, he's starting to get his powers back. But one, he was shot with four of the needles that were supposed to stop any one normal mutant. Cool, he's super powerful, gets his powers back. He's not wearing a good disguise, and he's no. one of the most recognizable mutants on the planet because he literally yeah. threatened the entire yeah. planet on national TV. And he's just at a park in broad Consider daylight in San Francisco. He changed, he changed his hat, though. <laughs> Consider and, this. <laughs> I want a mustache. And he, he got shot or got the four needles, and he walked across the fucking Golden Gate Bridge that he put there. Yes. Without anyone stopping and seeing him. Yeah. How, when? Wearing a he... cape and a helmet. Right. Like, how, <laughs> I mean, how sure, he... he could have taken the helmet and the cape off, but. <laughs> how did he just shuffle on out of there? Like, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to scooch it. <laughs> just like, maybe he swam. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't understand. I wanted a mustache at the very least. Yeah, that would have been funny. But so apparently there's a deleted scene with this as well, where Moyer McTaggart shows up and talks to Magneto and offers him the cure, uh, which he declines, I guess, in the, the deleted scene. I didn't watch it, but I, I saw I, I read something I, I about didn't it. see this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we get the credits. There is an end credit scene with Moyer McTaggart, played by Olivia Williams, um, who is a close friend of Xavier's and is checking on a comatose mutant uh, patient that is in her care, suddenly hears uh, the patient speaking to her in Xavier's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so online, everything, it was not presented as a theory, but was presented as fact that it was P. Xavier, Xavier's um, twin brother. Brother. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. All right. At least that that one plot hole of him being in a later movie is fixed <laughs> i guess i guess yeah filled by uh something that was never once addressed <laughs> right anywhere else mm-hmm. yeah just so, weird yeah the whole thing's very strange but that's uh that's that uh i had some random other trivia but we kind of talked about all of it while we went through so right okay. yeah um so let, let's go ahead and uh rate this uh bobby let's let's start off with you what what would you rate the movie i am gonna give it way more than it i ever thought i would but it's going to be probably like a three and a half i actually enjoyed it for a movie because a lot of it was really well done most of it was really well acted and the parts that i have problems with even if i was just trying to watch it as if i only knew what happened in the first two movies are still me being nitpicky about how that character would act in my head a lot of it being storm just not feeling quite right but it's just like yeah. little logistical things like the table being standing straight up when angel was gonna get the <laughs> cure and like that kind of stuff yeah. which i mean it looked cool it's a movie i'm gonna give it an actual pass but uh yeah 
three and a half, which is way higher than I probably ever thought I would give that one. Fair, fair. Uh, how about you, Charlie? What do you got? Uh, two out of five. Yeah, I think maybe a three if they <laughs> if they would have stopped at the the bridge. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I did like some of the characters they introduced, and I like seeing the different mutants on screen. So that was really enjoyable for me uh, as a movie. And I did, I did enjoy a lot of it, but it's just I really did not like the end. Yeah, I, I truly didn't like the logistics of it. And like I said, some of the fighting was passable. Like some of these, the stars and garters, the beast stuff was really, really fun. But the whole way they set it up as this very convenient battleground. Yeah. uh, It just, I just had my issues at the end. So that's why it gets the ding. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. How about you, Audrey? I would say a three. Uh, It's just, it's a fine movie. There are so many issues. But it still manages to be enjoyable. <laughs> so that's a three for me. Fair. Yeah. Also, I love being able to point out, like, bad wigs. So that's <laughs> fun there, there's for a couple me of personally. <laughs> so then this should be higher for you because you were able to point out so many? I, mm, no, I cannot. <laughs> I can. The, the, the Golden Gate Bridge is too, is too much. That's the wig for Alcatraz. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it's got it's god awful. Anyway, I I would probably give it a two and a half. Um, in in the context of only the movies, I would probably bump it up to a three or a three and a half. But based on all of my other knowledge and everything like that, based off of knowing the storylines, knowing who some of the other mutants they introduce and do nothing with are the the weird like character development and plot points and stuff like that just seem out of place at certain points um this movie also feels very long at times yeah. um the, like the all of the action happens in the last 30 percent of the movie essentially um for the most part other than the the fight with gene gray in the house mm-hmm. but even then that's just a side piece so i don't know the yeah. it i i did enjoy it a lot more than i remember enjoying it mm-hmm. um I had fun with it. There's stuff. There's fun stuff to laugh about. Yeah, and like, we were like yelling at each other and, throughout the yeah, movie. And there are like some of the practical effects hold up very well. The CGI actually holds up surprisingly yeah. well. The only one that really like eked me was uh, Iceman. Iceman. Um, yeah. yeah, Iceman. Oh God, yeah, that his looked very bad. But yeah. like honestly, the visuals hold up well. The it's it's really like the storyline. That just, it falls flat. They were trying to do too many different storylines yeah. and set up too much, but also kind of back themselves into a bunch of quarters simultaneously. So, yeah, yeah, two and a half. It's It feels like a very disorganized movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a really so good movie if you ignore the plot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just look at the pretty pictures. It's great. So I think that, I think that brings our consensus like a 275 to like a three, somewhere in that range. Somewhere uh, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I guess worth a watch if you're watching through all the X-Men. It's not as bad as you remember. <laughs> it's still better than Apocalypse. The, oh, yes. It's still much better than Apocalypse. So we'll get to that eventually. Any last thoughts? Anything else we wanted to talk about? So this is like loosely based on Dark Phoenix and Gifted, which was done by Joss Whedon uh, much later. If you guys have not read Gifted, I highly, highly, highly suggest 
checking it out. It's all on Marvel Unlimited. It is a really, really well done, like, 10-issue run. Uh, okay. All right. It is so loosely based on those two things. But, yeah, it's definitely well done. And then, obviously, if you haven't read the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga, read that. But yeah, that's more to the listener in general because you guys will probably <laughs> get to that when you uh, – when you do Jean Grey, because yeah. in ten years, not <laughs> you're probably not going to be able to do all of Jean Grey, but you could do different forms of Jean, like yeah, mm-hmm. before she died the first time, before she died the second time, before she died the third time, before she died the fifth time, before she died the sixth time, like you could do yeah. like the forms of her life. That's we we have so funny. we have to hit the wedding with Jean Grey. Uh, (laughs) the wedding of scott summers and gene gray that sounds so bad to me you should do their honeymoon when they went into the future and raised scott's son with the clone of gene uh because cable is actually madeline Pryor's child because gene was in a cocoon but yeah yeah so they go and raise him in the future yeah. for their honeymoon, and then they come back as if no, no time had actually passed whatsoever in the actual comics. It's like, yeah, it's fun. Yikes. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Um, But yeah, I think that's all we have for you you folks this week. Um, So if you like what we do here, please subscribe, please review, like, comment, whatever your various apps can do, Um, just so other comic fans can find us. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, we do have the link tree link in the comic or uh, in the notes below. Um, and I am uh, working on getting a actual website set up now. Uh, but for this week, I'm Mike. I'm Audrey. I'm Charlie. And I'm Bobby. Thank you for joining us, and talk to you next time. 